On today's episode, we're going to be talking about customer service versus premium service, and ultimately how you can create deeper emotional connections with your fans. From Engagement, I'm David Millay, and this is Flip the Switch. Today's episode with Barry Jacobson is a wild one with tons of crazy stories that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Um, And that's because Barry's had a history of really unique roles. Um, So he's almost a 30-year Disney cast member um, and now is an independent consultant. And uh, we've crossed paths a number of different times. Uh, Mike, my dad, and, and Barry knew each other for a long time as they both worked for the company. Um, and as we think about the different roles that Barry's had over the course of his career, most of them have this theme of premium catering to a different sort of audience. So the level of customer service that was expected to be delivered to these guests were always a step above. So he's had a crazy amount of different roles from things like overseeing Disney's fairy tale weddings, where people come to Disney and have their wedding at a theme park or resort. He's overseeing, he was overseeing that business for a little bit. Um, he was a food and beverage director at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, which is really kind of the most classy of resorts at Walt Disney World. He was for 15 years, and, and this is where he really got famous within the company, if, if that makes sense. Um, but he was the director of corporate meetings and creative events. So if you think about a, a big corporation that's coming in to have their meeting down at Disney, they're spending millions of dollars on food and beverage and entertainment and really kind of specialty uh, events, if you will, to host their meetings. And when you think about that, that was really the differentiator between hosting your event at Disney or hosting it at the Marriott, is that Disney could just offer a different level of service and entertainment and unique experiences. And it was Barry's and his team's job to create those experiences and build those relationships with that premium customer, if you will. Um, after 15 years of doing that, Barry actually joined us in the sports world for a little bit and helped uh, really get Cowboy Stadium, uh, AT&T Stadium started as he was with Legends Hospitality Management as the vice president of special events at Cowboy Stadium, right when it was starting and setting all kinds of trends and ripple effects uh, throughout our industry. Barry was really leading, what are all the crazy special things that we can do for our high-end customers within the most high-end venue in the world? Um, so again, he's going to get into some of those stories today, and they're just, they're wild. We could have gone a lot longer with him. But when Barry came back to the Walt Disney Company, he got called back to work on a really special part of Disney that not a lot of people are familiar with, and that is Golden Oak. So if you look up Golden Oak, there's actually a community on Disney property that people have houses there. Now, for most people, this is their third, maybe fourth house, um, and they just love Disney, but they also have an incredible amount of money. And so the experiences that these type of people expected are far, far and beyond, far and beyond anything that you and I um, can think about. So uh, this doesn't come up in the in the podcast, but it's it's what we would almost call the affluent market at Disney. And so these are things like 
can you do a flash mob for somebody's birthday with all the characters on Main Street USA, right? We're talking about a different level of customer experience. And Barry oversaw that Golden Oak community. Uh, He also oversaw Club 33, uh, which is really kind of a special, almost secretive community that each park has or each uh, each part of Disney has, if you will. Um, and he oversaw salon operations as well. So when you think about all of those experiences, those lines of business and Barry being a, a leader and inspiring his team to deliver premium service, some of the tactics that we talk about today are, are really going to be helpful for you if you're thinking about um, how do we apply a higher level of service to our suites or to our owners, uh, suite owners that are expecting this different level of service than Joe Fan. Uh, Barry's really going to touch in on some key things as to how to train to, to that level of service um, and ultimately how to differentiate yourself within your organization as the go-to person to deliver those types of experiences. So without further ado, let's get into this wild ride with Barry Jacobson. Barry, welcome to the show. It is good to have you on. I'm excited for this episode where we're going to be telling a whole bunch of stories here. Well, it's great to be here. Um, sitting in uh, Winter Garden, Florida, enjoying beautiful weather, 86 degrees and not a cloud in the sky, nothing but sunshine. And, and we, uh, we've joked about this before, but our difference in weather, uh, it's 39 degrees here. It's just brutal. Um, so I, I, I greatly envy you. Um, well, let, let's jump in. Uh, so one of the things I think that has really made your career and has been really the theme throughout is your dedication to not just regular customer service, but premium customer service. So talk to us a little bit about how you see the difference between just providing a regular great customer service experience for people versus the levels that you have to deliver on for premium. Yeah, I've been working in this type of environment uh, for probably about 25 years uh, and I think the difference, uh, I, I like to treat every guest as an individual and, you know, you and I talked about this, uh, everyone is a VIP, a very individual person at uh, Disney. We both worked there for many years, but everybody has different varied experiences in their life. And some individuals, uh, have worked really hard in their lives, uh, to be in certain positions and, uh, be able to have experiences that you and I would never uh, enjoy because we may not have the financial wherewithal uh, or the opportunities that can exist uh, where you're experiencing things that are unique and different and special. So what I like to think about with this type of individual, the premium uh, clientele, is how do you work with them to understand their needs, their wants, their desires, and deliver Uh, experiences that, again, are very unique and very special and very customized and personalized. Um, You know, when you have interactions in our business, the service business, you know, it's all about one interaction at a time. If you can master that with every customer, uh, that's the way you should think. However, in this market, it's about really working diligently on understanding their needs and really in-depth understand what makes them tick. Yeah, I think what's interesting about it is when you're talking about regular customer service, you 
you're limited in terms of the depth that you can go to understanding those individual needs. But with premium, you, you're almost forced to go deeper uh, because they're paying for a at a much, much higher rate. Uh, and you probably get to see them more often than just the random guest that's walking down Main Street USA. Um, so you probably get to know what they enjoy and what they want a little bit deeper. Absolutely. You know, when I uh, worked for Disney uh, and left and worked in the private club business and then came back to Disney. So I spent three years working for Club Corp. Um, and uh, back in the day, the member is king, the member is queen, uh, uh, was the, the mantra of how we we thought about taking care of these members. And, you know, when I went back to Disney, I said the difference is that when I worked at the Grand Floridian, uh, guests would certainly check in and check out. But in the private club business, uh, you're dealing with a finite, finite amount of individuals. Uh, and it's no different than in uh, stadiums with your suite owners. You know, most of your suite owners will be owning these uh, boxes, these beautiful suites for many years. And uh, you get to know them very well and you get to know uh, what makes them tick. I, you know, I'll give you an example uh, at Cowboy Stadium when I was there. Uh, one of the one of the suite holders was enamored uh, with the uh, Cowboys colored M&Ms. And uh, we sold those Cowboys colored M&Ms at a premium. This guy was a sweet holder back from the old Cowboy Stadium uh, back in the day. And then he moved to Arlington to now what is known as AT&T Stadium. And, uh, you know, he had been used to certain amenities and, and I got to know him really well. And he pulled me aside one day and, and I, I knew this guy spent, you know, a considerable amount of money every Sunday for food and beverage in his uh, suite. And uh, you know what? He wasn't too happy with the cost of those M&Ms. And I'm not going to throw those at, that price out there, but uh, let's just <laughs> suffice say it to say it was pricey. That, that, let's just say that you paid a premium for those uh, delicious uh, Mars product. And uh, you know what? I knew I was going to see him for eight games, eight home games. And uh, you know what? I satisfied and made him happy. And guess what? There were M&Ms in his suite every time he arrived. Um, and guess what? He spent more money on the other side because he wasn't paying for the M&Ms. Um, it's that little thing, that little niche that you can understand what their needs are that's going to make them happy. And as you build, the thing that's important about this type of guest, this type of premium guest, is building relationships. So one of the things that I like to do when, uh, you know, I, I, as you know, one of the roles that I had for the last seven years was uh, operating a private club at Golden Oak. Um, I was. Uh, Tell us a little bit about I'm familiar with Golden Oak, um, but maybe some of our listeners might not be. Tell us a little bit about what is Golden Oak. Sure. Uh, probably about seven or eight years ago. Uh, Disney uh, went out and decided that they were going to build a luxury home community at Walt Disney World. Now, some people may be familiar with our foray into uh, building communities. Uh, Celebration Florida uh, was a uh, large scale home community with various types of homes, uh, single family dwellings, as well as uh, apartments and condos. But this particular uh home development project for Disney was to build a premium luxury uh, community uh, at Walt Disney World. It is adjacent to uh, Fort Wilderness. If some of your listeners know where Fort Wilderness Campground is, we actually took down a golf course, 247 acres, 
and built uh, a private gated home community on property. Uh, luxury homes that start out at about 2.4 million and uh, people have spent uh, considerably more than that up to uh, 11 or $12 million on these gorgeous homes. They're legacy homes. They're uh, homes that people have purchased because they love Disney. They love the brand and uh, they want their families to enjoy this magnificent type of experience, which includes, as I mentioned, private gated community security, uh, transportation to and from all the amenities that are available at Walt Disney World, uh, as well as a private clubhouse. Um, so my, my experience obviously has always been in the premium side um, from my background working at Cowboys Stadium, working in Club Corp, and then spending 16 years doing corporate meetings and special events and uh, resort special activities with, uh, you know, celebrities and CEOs of companies. I mean, I have just been around it all my life as a middle-class kid from Connecticut. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to work in this environment. And uh, I truly help. What I really like is helping people to understand uh, what it's like to work with individuals who um, are able to afford things of this nature and to enjoy some of the things that, that uh, others may not be able to. Uh, but they are truly wonderful, wonderful people who have, in my opinion, every type of individual I met at this level has worked really hard to be where they are. So you yeah. take, for example, somebody like Bob Iger. OK, the guy started out at the bottom of, of working for uh, ABC television and worked hard through all these different various positions and with Disney to become the CEO of the company, much like some of the stories you hear about other Disney executives and individuals that work really hard, uh, whether they're, a, you know, a basketball player or a football player. Um, we both know the effort that goes into uh, becoming an elite professional athlete. So I, I always like to think about these uh, individuals as, as normal human beings. And uh, so I was asked to come back and initialize Golden Oak and help to deliver a level of service uh, to this type of guest, uh, which is a little bit different. I mean, we knew how to run theme parks. We knew how to run resorts. But a private club uh, requires a different level of finesse to be able to manage and to deliver on the guest expectations, that the member expectations to the sweetholder expectations, I, I could lump them all together. You have to think differently. Well, I think to your point of everybody being ultimately they're they're regular people just like you and I, except they've worked really hard to get to this status of where they are in life. Um, and ultimately the key to delivering that premium service is the relationship that you, you create with them. So talk to us a little bit about some of the tactics or strategies you use to, to build relationships with, with members at Golden Oak or, or whether it be more uh, in the Cowboy, you gave us the Cowboy Suite example. Let's talk about some of the relationships you were able to build and strategies you use to build those relationships at Golden Oak. Sure. Um, you know, when we initialized Golden Oak and we started doing our training and especially on the uh, food and beverage side, because there would be a high amount of interaction uh, in that area. Um, we did a lot of role playing. And uh, I remember uh, sitting in on, on some of the training sessions and uh, it was very stiff. It was very, very uh, structured. Uh, 
um, it was very much uh, a lot of um, pre-can uh, spiels that you would normally think that were that are very important for consistency of guest service in an environment like a park or an environment like um, a resort at Walt Disney World. You know, every guest at the Polynesian, aloha, welcome to the Polynesian Resort. How may I help you? Um, where I sat in and I said, whoa, time out, time out, everyone. And I did an example. I actually got up and, and they were actually greeting a mom and a dad. And the parents uh, were uh, just had a new baby. And uh, they were role playing them enjoying a meal. And I, I actually got up and said, no, 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 this is how it goes. Oh, my gosh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, it's so great to see you again. I am so proud to be able to meet little Joey. He's adorable. Oh, my gosh. Can I hold the baby? You know, can I, can I feed the baby while you're eating? I mean, you become almost like uh, an extension of their family. And, and they're all looking at me. I said, no, no, relax, everyone. These people, you're going to see them every day. They're going to get to know you. You're going to get to know them. And by the way, they're going to want to know everything about you. Really? So I, I remember when we, when we opened the club, the light bulbs went off with the employees, the cast members, as we call them at Disney, uh, with the connections that these type of people want to make with you as an individual. And uh, so we did a lot of role playing, a lot of training and a lot of what you do is a lot of listening skills. So one of the things we we taught, we trained to was anticipatory service or intuitive service. It's those small little listening skills to really start learning about um, your customer, your your new, your club member, your person in that premium space, much like the M&M story, uh, you know, at Golden Oak. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, guest comes in for dinner and uh, they are enjoying their meal. But uh, throughout the conversation, you learn by listening uh, that they love crab claws. Well, lo and behold, we don't have Alaskan King crab claws on the menu. But we train this as an example. Your role is to listen and go, you know what? When are you coming in for dinner again? Oh, I'll be in Friday night. Oh, sure. Would you like us? To, uh, no problem. We'll be able to get crab claws for you. And, and the person like you can. Well, of course, we have purveyors that we could call at Disney. We're very fortunate. We could call the Yacht and Beach Club right down the street and have them brought over. But then we take it one step further. Now we've learned something else about this this particular um, member. How do we enhance that experience? Now, certainly most restaurants, and we had the same at, at Golden Oak, we had your traditional uh, plastic bibs that anybody would get in a seafood house when they're enjoying a, a um, seafood item that they have to crack open, like a lobster or crab claws or uh, uh, Florida stone crabs, for example. Well, what we did is, uh, and uh, I said to the team, go out and get a custom bib made with this person's name on it. And when they come in for those crab claws on Friday night, come to the table and present them with that bib. Now that bib costs us about $7 uh, to get our name put on it. But the reaction we got and the connection we made and the relationship with the camaraderie that we built with that club member was off the charts. So that's the kind of experiences that these people expect. The unexpected is what they will love. 
Well, it, it seems to me too, something that you just pointed out is that the $7 bib is something that these people easily could afford. It's not spending inordinate amounts of money on them is not what they want. They want personalization and to be thought of. Um, and so that personalization aspect, it seems like in this premium service versus regular customer service is what's key. Um, and one of the things that I would think about from that story, she's probably told everybody about that bid. So creating memories, I think, becomes a big part of premium service. Is that is that something that you guys talk about when you're working with people? Exactly. Uh, it's one of the things we focus on. And, and it's always uh, one of the one of the uh, mantras that we had is uh, everything that we were trying to do at Golden Oak was to build a sense of community and drive the resident experience. So to your point, it's about personalization. I can give you another example. Um, when you purchase your home at, at Golden Oak, uh, you always get a nice little welcome gift. And I can tell you that uh, probably you and I, what we might have gotten a toaster. And remind me, I'll tell you a toaster story in a minute. But, uh, okay. um, you know, when we bought our house or maybe they threw in a refrigerator, right? Um, so we create, and in the beginning, there was a gift, a set gift for every family that moved in. And um, when I came on board, I said, no, 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 no. We need to personalize it and make it customized for each member. So as they go through their new resident orientation, we learn about these individuals. And we happen to learn about one in particular that was putting a golf simulator in his house. And not only a golf simulator, but he was putting a little small putting green uh, together in, in his backyard. And so we knew he loved golf. And so... Uh, I said, uh, I've seen these golf simulators turn on at the sports bars I've been to. And, you know, there's always this like coin that comes on that says welcome and it, it opens up your uh, machine. So we worked with the manufacturer of the machine. We worked with a, uh, a computer guru, a, a wizard, and we created that coin with this gentleman's company uh, when the machine opened. And it happened to be this Greek looking God and the, the company was named Tiberius, which is somebody that uh, used to be around when Augustus Caesar was around. But yep. he, the guy went crazy when we gave him that gift. Not only did we give him that gift and again, the cost was minimal, but it's that extra mindset you put in your head to create something special. Uh, we then also made small little flags. So his little putting green, I think it was three holes, very small, um, uh, has the little flags on it. Hole number one, hole number two, hole number three. No, no, that wasn't good enough. We then used his name and I won't give the name off, but let's say it said uh, Jacobson Country Club established 2009 on that little flag. Uh absolutely thrilled the gentleman, thrilled his wife, and created, to your point, personalization, a memory, an experience that helps you to deliver an experience for these individuals that they would otherwise not have thought of. And so the training is key when we, when we bring in cast, bring in employees working in this premium space, uh, listening skills, making people happy, solving to yes is one of the terms I like to use. And uh, during the training, um, 
I told a couple stories uh, about when I worked in the private club business for Club Corp. And uh, we used to have a ladies group that would uh, come and play golf uh, almost uh, five days a week. And they would show up at about eight o'clock in the morning and they would start with their coffee and they'd have breakfast. And a particular member uh, would always be very unhappy because her toast was not hot. And classic. <laughs> a classic. My toast is not hot. And I'll, you know, I'm a, I'll, I do impressions, but I can do it for you right now. Barry, Barry, the toast is not hot. Is there any way you can get the toast hot? Well, you know, my job back in the day when I worked in the club business, this is a member. I'm going to see her every day. So I told the team, I said, you know what? When she comes in tomorrow with that group, sit her at this table in the Garden View Lounge. There's a plug there. Bring the toaster to the table. <laughs> now, the woman went crazy when we did this, right? But I used that. <laughs> I used that at Cowboy Stadium. I used that at Golden Oak. And anybody who wants to use that story about thinking to the next level to make someone happy is what I did. And um, so, you know, I have a, a few of those stories that help people in a very simple way understand, you know, all she wants is the toast is hot. I'm not going to get angry at her. I'm not going to yell at the chef because he can't get the toast hot and put a cover on it quick enough or the server. There's none of us could keep toast hot. And, you know, everybody who's had been out to breakfast knows that your toast isn't going to be hot. But boy, that one little trick, that one little thought process. So I always try to use the word think. Um, think about what you would want. Think about what the guests would want and think beyond. I can't do it. Oh, that can't happen. If it's illegal, immoral or unethical, I tell people don't do it. But for the most part, in any business, you can absolutely create an experience. And it always isn't about money. It's about thinking. Yeah. So I, I love that concept of solving to yes. Um, but let, let's talk, I guess, in light of when we come back from COVID-19 and, and live events are back again and member experiences are happening every day. Um, I do want to talk about the concept of money a little bit. Um, when you're doing things like investing in those those mini golf flags uh, to provide those, what if what if I'm listening to this and I've got a boss who's just really tight on the budget, which could be a real thing when we come back, right, where everybody's budgets are now constrained. How how would you suggest justifying or having that internal conversation to pitch, hey, we need to make this investment for our person? How would you in, how would you justify that investment internally? Yeah, I'm always looking for ways to save money so I can spend money. <laughs> Um, and spend interesting, money, interesting, spend, spend money where it makes a difference. Um, so, you know, recently, um, you know, every, every time I spent, I was always beholden to a P and L to a bottom line, but I knew if I could save a nickel in my a cost somewhere, I can start building a surplus of money that could be used for what's important for the employees to keep them motivated and for the guests. So um, 
those are easy things to do because, you know, in any business, there's a ton of waste, right? Whether you leave, the, you leave the lights on, uh, you use uh, napkins. Too much printer ink. Yeah. Whatever it is. So I, I kind of learned this trick from a, a, my general manager back at the Grand Floridian who, uh, again, started as a uh, a dishwasher and then became the president of Walt Disney World. Actually, the guy who called me, George Calagridis, to come back and open up Gold Note because he knew – I came from working from four years with him, but he knew about my experience in dealing with corporate meetings and special events and high-end events. And um, George was a magical guy with managing a budget. So I would say that you've got to find ways to save money and to be able to deliver on that experience. So, uh, you know, I have a story, uh, actually, you know, David, your old days of working for the Disney Institute and, uh, they asked me to talk to some Porsche dealers. And that very same story came up because they said to me, well, Barry, it sounds like you have an unlimited budget. Uh, because I was speaking to them about that guy that buys the Porsche. He's probably bought four or five of them because the people that can afford that vehicle love that car and able to buy it. And number one, they should know that customer. Okay, so general manager, do you know that customer? Sales manager. Do you know that every time Mr. Malay comes in to buy his Porsche, he's a real stickler on the car mats. He doesn't want to pay for those car mats. And he's upset about it every time you charge, charge him X amount of money for those mats. Now, uh, I related it back to me. I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of paying $800 for car mats off for my Audi. I think it's kind of crazy because <laughs> I know those mats can't cost that much. So I said, I don't own a Porsche, but um, – they, I said, you know, if this is that one little thing that makes them crazy, uh, give them the car mats. And they asked me the exact same question. And I said, you've got to make ways to find money, save money in your budget. So I said, go out and talk to your uh, service uh, team that's out there fixing the vehicles. And let's say you spend $100,000 a year in shop rags. Can you save $10,000? for me in shop rags, use one less when you do that oil change. Um, find ways to figure out a way to have that pocket of money. And, and here's the point, you're not doing it for every single guest. You're only gonna have a few or every single member or every single suite holder. You wanna have those moments in time, and at Disney we used to call them magical moments, or every now and then you're gonna have a miserable moment and you're going to have to do some remuneration or some recovery with a with a person. Mm. Well, you've got to be able to build your build your funds to be able to do it. So that would be my answer. And I, I think a, a great another great story that someone told me. I don't, I don't. So someone told me about something that you guys used to do to save money as well, but also create a magical moment at the same time at Cowboy Stadium with bread pudding. Can you talk to us a little bit about this bread pudding story and what you guys used to do? Because I think that's a great example of saving money while creating a magical moment. Yeah. Um, when I got to Cowboy Stadium, uh, I was really surprised at the amount of money that our suite holder, so we had 364 suites, uh, would spend on game day for food and beverage. And uh, as again, uh, it's a premium experience, so premium pricing follows along with it. So I decided 
to create something uh, for the for those sweet holders that would surprise and delight them that they would go, oh, really? You're doing this for us? Well, you know, every game day, we uh, we probably had about 80,000 people in that stadium. And inevitably, uh, you're going to have some leftover bread, hamburger buns, hot dog buns. And uh, more than likely, uh, you're going to have to either destroy them because there may be two games or you're going to have to refreeze them, which not my favorite thing to do. Wouldn't want to do that. So we would we would we would freeze that bread and, and, and take it out, which there's no problem with it. And I had the chef create a. Uh, bread pudding, Butterfinger bread pudding as an opportunity for the sweet sales team to impress and surprise our sweet uh, club members. So if they spent X amount of money in the suite, we would say to them, Mr. Uh, Smith, oh, thank you so much. Uh, we look forward to hosting you at the next game against the Saints. And uh, as, a, as a nice, uh, as something we like to do extra for you, we're going to provide you with complimentary dessert. Really? Yes, we create this amazing Butterfinger bread pudding with creme on glace uh, on it. And what's creme on glace? You know, get that Texas guy and say, what is that? Oh, it's vanilla cream sauce. <laughs> and uh, they loved it. And, and so this complimentary dessert, which was really a product that could have been thrown away, was now something used to create something special. Uh, for their sweet holders. So yeah, thanks for reminding me of that story. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's, there's other ones too at Cowboy stadium. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, happened to me while I was there, this is another great story. The guy that actually, um, started glamor shots and you probably remember those that, uh, I know my wife had one made many years ago and my mom and sisters and they'd go in and they make you look beautiful. Well, this guy started glamor shots that, that since it's closed, but I, I met that guy on game day one, and boy, was he hot. Um, it seems, and what the procedure was, and again, I'm the new guy when I joined them, the procedure is at the end of every season, you clean out the suites, and everything is put away or you know doesn't belong to the suite holder anymore. And, and he recalled when he left his suite at the end of the season, he had left a, a six-pack of Coors Light in his suite. And uh, he was hot when he arrived at his suite, and that Coors Light was not in his personal cabinet. Oh, my and, gosh. Um, I'm telling you, hot, like, I've never seen so, somebody so angry. And um, my team, <laughs> he, I, he, my team was being yelled at, but my team called me. And back then, again, a, a six-pack of six uh, Coors Light, anybody who's ordered that in a stadium or ordered that uh, in a finer hotel knows that uh, – that doesn't cost what you and I would buy it for at the grocery store. It's it's a premium because it has to be kept cold by us in our freezer in our refrigerator. It has it's delivered with ice. It's delivered with Pilsner's glasses. But in your mind, you know, you and I both know. Let's go high. Uh, Seven dollars for a six pack of Coors Light. Right. right. Re retail. <laughs> right. Uh, what that costs us, a large institution like Disney World or Cowboy Stadium is much less. My team was refusing to give this guy a comp, uh, uh, to replace it. I said, my goodness, guys, it's a six pack of Coors Light. Put it in his suite, make him happy. And that guy and I became famous friends um, of over a six pack of beer. Um, it's those little smart things that you should do. So the other thing, those two stories I used as, a, as an ability to teach people about you're empowered. 
you're empowered to make a decision that will help not diminish our brand and not diminish what our ultimate goal is. And our ultimate goal is to keep people happy, uh, to make people in, have an enjoyable experience with us in their suite or an enjoyable experience in a private club or an enjoyable experience at, at, a, at a theme park. Um, you know, and I know that uh, we, we worked at Disney, but our role uh, was uh, working there as a, I was the general manager of Golden Oak. But my purpose every single day was coming to work to make people happy. And that started with my my cast members, my employees, and then the guests. Yeah. And I think to that point, it's, it's why having a bigger emotional overarching common purpose is so important so that all the leaders in the organization know to reinforce that with their team. But if I'm listening to this, I might be thinking, Barry, you're telling me I'm empowered, but my leader doesn't empower me. My leader doesn't think this way. And I can't I imagine you've had this mentality for a long time, but I can't imagine every leader you've ever worked for has this mentality. How do you manage up if your leader doesn't think this way or any? I don't want to dwell on this too long, but just a little insight on that. Yeah, I you know, I'll go back to uh why, I guess why I was asked to come to Golden Oak, um, they knew uh, ultimately what the expectations were of delivering on that experience. Um, I think you have to make sure that the people around you are all moving in alignment with the same purpose. Uh, so if you have somebody on your team or is there's a leader that doesn't aspire to following what that purpose is, uh, you got to find a way for them to go work somewhere else, um, find another role somewhere else, because it's going to put a clog in your, your arteries. It's going to stop that heart beat from pumping that service from the heart that we talk about. Um, and so there are people that, that, that don't follow that level of thought process. And, you know, I, I, um, have, I had to really change some mindsets at Gold Note because everybody came from um, an operation at Disney that was very rigid. And, uh, you know, we, we, we do a fantastic job there, but it's much different in the premium space and taking care of these individuals. And uh, so I, I would say that um, at some point, individuals that don't believe in the higher purpose are going to are going to move out they're not going to they're not going to be able to work there so you know i i loved a story i heard the other day um you know about starbucks you know uh someone said to me or was talking about you know starbucks and what's their purpose you know serve coffee no their their purpose is to start your day their purpose is to welcome you in the morning and get you going certainly that caffeine is going to get you going. So when you do go into a Starbucks, so maybe, you know, I, I don't work there, but, you know, when you go in there, good morning, how are you? How are you doing this morning? Have a great day at work or, hey, have a, I see you're taking your kids to school this morning. Have a wonderful day. Um, it's, yeah, they sell a ton of coffee. They're ridiculously successful, but they understand their purpose. They understand that they are there to build a social environment and make you feel good about coming into their store and start your day. Uh, so I, I love that story. Yeah, no, we just had, actually, we just recorded a podcast with uh, a former 
the head of consumer insights with Starbucks. And we talked about it was really, really interesting having the conversation because there was a lot of overlap between the mentality and mindset we have at Disney versus Starbucks. A very similar type conversation. Um, another thing I, I want to talk about uh, with you guys, with you here, Barry, is this concept of, of visioning and anticipating service. Um, I know when we've talked before, you've really credited a lot of your success to staying up on the trends and understanding what else is going on in life outside of work that these people might be going through. Can you talk to us a little bit about understanding who the go-tos are and doing your research outside of your tasks and responsibilities? Yeah, I think uh, in the premium space, uh, there is a, a need from these individuals to be connected and to be uh, able to, for you as, as an operation, to assist them in any form or fashion uh, with any situation that could occur uh, in their daily lives or that could happen. And uh, so when we opened Golden Oak, uh, we had a concierge team and they all came from uh, guest relations, which works in the parks or which worked in our parks, uh, you know, certainly. Oh, yes, we can tell you where what time the three o'clock parade is and we can tell you uh, where to go uh, to get an ice cream. Uh, but it gets a little bit different in a private club environment and it gets a little bit different in a suite environment. Their expectation, people at this level, is you're there to help them. You're there to assist them. So uh, early on and, and I, I talked to the team, I said, you're like a concierge in a high rise hotel in New York. You're that go-to person for anything and everything. And so we started building a network of uh, information, a network of uh, connections throughout the central Florida area on how to accomplish and get things done for these people. So, uh, for example, I, I remember uh, uh, someone from Brazil uh, brought a uh, – dog into the country and the dog was brought in illegally. I don't know how all of this found out, but we had to get that dog uh, transported back to the mother-in-law in Brazil. Now we didn't have to get involved in that. That's not, <laughs> that's not our problem. I mean, you know, in the typical, that's world, not my job. Yeah. It's not my job, but I will tell you that my team did all the research. They contacted, uh, Whoever they had to at the at the Orlando International Airport, um, they made a relationship there. They got the dog shipped back, and there are countless stories about that. Where do I go to get my hair cut? Well, we had a list of people that we su could suggest. Now we never recommended because again, people have uh, issues with getting their hair cut incorrectly. But we would learn from other members. We would learn from different people who are those top three salons for a woman to go get her hair done. Um, who do we call it? The Orlando Magic. We built in a, a relationship with the Magic to get tickets or to get, uh, you know, a suite uh, at, the, at the Magic or at uh, Amway Arena for a concert. How do you get uh, at the Disney? Um, uh, I'll remember the name here in a second. Uh, Disney Theater uh, in downtown Orlando. Uh, yep. David, you'll have to get me that name. Uh, yeah. You know, who do you call and how do you get things done on these people behalf? Um, if someone came in and said, oh, I need a rental car, we did not hand them the phone and say, oh, 
call national car rental. We arranged it. We had it delivered. So your thought process is to anticipate and find a way to do your research on the what is it that I can do to make their lives easier? How can I make it easier for them to have access? Uh, Because people at this level enjoy access and exclusivity. And who do I need to connect with to make things happen? Um, and that could be, uh, you know, who are the, who's the top physicians in the, in the city for certain types of medical needs. Um, we would do a lot of research on that. And we had a, uh, a great ability to, again, it goes back to solving to yes or assisting somebody. And, you know, the, the basis of hospitality is caring for others. So you just can't shrug things off if, uh, someone needs something and that's a premium guest or a regular guest or any kind of person. If you are in this business of taking care of people, you're in the hospitality business. It's all about care. Yeah. And I I love it. So if you're listening to this and you're working in premium or thinking about going into premium, it would seem that one of the best things you can do to further your career is network outside of your organization with key entertainment or useful things that are all about access, exclusivity, different things, build your network so you can be the go-to guy in that area and really help out your members in a totally different way that might not have anything to do with the game tickets. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing about this level of guests is they're all about experiences and they all don't have to be premium. Uh, I can tell you that bingo at Golden Oak, was one of the most popular events. Uh, really? Absolutely. Sold out every single time, but we made it fun. Um, and their prizes were always Disney prizes, whether they were mouse ears or a Mickey Mouse ice cream bar if you won bingo. So, you know, sometimes the whole row would get uh, mouse, uh, Mickey Mouse ice cream premium bars. Um, they loved uh, – everybody loves to be engaged and involved, and, and it's creating experiences – so that, that are just bring people together. And so uh, at, at, at Golden Oak, and you know, you could do the same thing at Cowboys Stadium with their suite holders. These people have similar interests. They have similar likes and uh, they all network. And so bringing them together and doing fun things. We did a we did a after Thanksgiving because we knew we would have everybody uh, in town. And uh, we would do an event that Saturday following Thanksgiving called Picnic in the Park. Very simple event, burgers, hot dogs, cornhole, uh, blowing bubbles, the kids, making balloon animals with a guy, bring a guy to do that. One of the most popular events. But what it did was bring people together. The same thing can happen. You know, you want, it, you want your suite holders to connect. So, so how do you build an event out on the field, uh, you know, for those folks uh, on, an, on an off day? Uh, when the weather's beautiful, because some some of you have indoor stadiums, some of you have outdoor stadiums that brings those people together to have a good time and get to meet each other and connect with one another. Um, this type of group loves experience. And we did, you know, we did group travel, um, you know, on the Disney cruise ship, but you could pick any other ship. And, and they just loved having a good time. But then we would take those events and we brand them. So, you know, I always like this one on the cruise ship. It was Beers with Barry. Uh, that was the opening uh, reception. And, uh, you know, we, we, we hosted a reception on the ship. Again, uh, 
some of it was paid for with club funds and some of it was paid for in their their admission to get onto that ship, their ticket price, their cruise price. Um, they didn't care, but it, because it brought them together, they had me as their host having a good time. Uh, there was some trivia, Disney trivia and a few prizes. And uh, then they could have a great time on the ship. So I think the same thing can happen uh, in, in a stadium environment with suite holders, um, connect people, uh, you know, bring in uh, bring in players. And, you know, as, as I think about what's happening right now with, you know, seasons that could be happening or not happening, mm-hmm. um, I always like to sort to how are you staying connected with these these fans um, and I think it's ridiculously important that you are staying connected with them. So, you know, I saw something uh, yesterday, you know, David, you know, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan and uh, they did a Zoom, Zoom, hosted Zoom happy hour with players and with uh, Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings. Yeah. And man, I was glued to that. And these guys are talking about the season. They were talking about things that are happening in their personal lives, but it brought me connection with my fandom, my team. So I, I, I would think, you know, again, people that love, uh, love their premium space. How are you, how are you taking care of them? How are you staying connected with them? How are you making them feel a part of your brand? And that's what we did at Disney at Golden Oak. That's what we did at Cowboys stadium. Um, we did host a fan event on, uh, you know, every year, uh, for the, for the suite holders, certainly the sales team always had their, uh, <laughs> had their time with these sweet holders. Oh yeah. But I, but I made it a point for and I knew that my sweet, my director of suites was amazing. Her connection with the, with these long standing sweet holders was fantastic. And one of the first things I did was ask her to introduce me to these people because I wanted them to know my face. I think that's another thing that's important, uh, as you deal with this market, it's visibility and accessibility. They have to know how to get to you. They knew mm. how to get to me at Golden Oak. They knew how to get to me at Cowboy Stadium. Did everyone have your cell phone number? I mean, I'm curious uh, as to they how did. they I was not afraid did. to give my cell phone number. In fact, when I did corporate meetings and special events and dealt with all our corporate offices at Disney, if you called my voicemail, you'd also get my home phone number. And I was dealing with California and uh, with uh, International as well. And I can tell you in the 16 years I had that job, my phone rang six times and it was Michael Eisner's assistant needing something after the normal business hours at Disney. And she called me at my house and I was able to solve the problem. So the perception is there that I'm available 24 seven. And yes, every now and then I would get a call after hours, but it's very rare. But believe me, the benefit in the, the people thinking that, wait a minute, I know I can call Barry for something. Now, I will tell you, yeah. at Golden Oak, it happened many times. Mm. I can't get into a restaurant. I need your help. So-and-so said no. And, and again, that would beget a little counseling session the next day or a coaching session. Hey, what happened? Well, did you call the restaurant? Did you, did you go that next level step? So that's, that's another thing that I like to train to. You know, go the next level connect with people. So you know exactly who to call to get something done on behalf of these individuals in the premium space. So I wasn't planning on going here, but you just said it. And I kind of want to walk through this exercise with you, um, if you will, and hopefully time permits here. But 
So in, in that example, somebody, a guest calls you and says, hey, this restaurant said no or something like that. Um, what do you do in the moment to respond to that? And then it seems like you have a coaching session with the customer, with the guest the next day, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you walk us through how you approach it in the moment when somebody calls you complaining about that they're trying to violate a rule? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I really think it starts with building relationships with with the premium space, with the premium guest. So anybody who would call my phone, I really knew who they were. Uh, and, uh, they wouldn't yeah. call me unless they really needed something. And I, I knew these folks and, uh, you know, I would always tell them in advance, don't call me and tell me you need a party at 12 at seven o'clock. And you're calling me at six 30 at one of our <laughs> most popular restaurants at Disney. Okay. Okay. I, I love you, but, uh, I, 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 there's a lot of things I can do because I am connected and my team is connected. And I think that's what's important. You know, at Cowboy Stadium, I knew every person to call to get something accomplished. And those people that know me at Disney, I'm one of those leaders that doesn't manage uh, from behind his desk. I'm out and about. I know every restaurant manager. I know who to call. I've made relationships over the time that I've been there to get something done, whether that's a vice president of a park or somebody that works in horticulture, that I have a guest that has a problem with a tree in their yard, I know who to call to get help. I can't solve everything. So I would always try to make sure they understood that I'm going to do my level best, but I also would do alternatives. So if you call me and I would ask you, okay, it's obviously you want to go out to dinner. Uh, you got a party of five. You want a particular restaurant. Can I try these other two just in case I can't get into these this restaurant? So I would I would say that one of the things you have to think about is you you have to think about what they're asking you. Number one and number two, be able to think about okay, if I can't do this, I'm going to do something else. Here's a story for you that I, I, I used to, uh, again, I use as a training example. Um, when I worked in the group and convention business, um, you had uh, groups that were spending an, a lot of dollars. We're, we're talking into the millions of dollars to create experiences for their, uh, for their groups. Um, I particularly had one that was quite, uh, w- that wanted to have a private event in the Magic Kingdom uh, on Main Street, USA, at uh, two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, David, you and I know that now at two thirty every day, <laughs> it used to be three o'clock. There's this thing called the Main Street Parade that goes by. So there's oh, no yeah. way that's going to happen. But what I said to this individual was, "Let me work on it." I never said no first. So you really don't want to start with no. You always want to tell them, "I hear what you're saying." I'm going to do my level best and let me go about this. Now, this happened to be a a small group of about 60 people that wanted this particular thing. And the guy was like, what do you mean you can't make it happen? And and, and it's kind of a a story that I said, "Okay, Uh, one, I tried to get the space uh, uh, for a private space at the train station. So there is a space that I'm aware of where you could put 60 people and maybe do uh, a private event. That didn't work. I know there's no rooftops that I can use because, as you know, one of Disney's uh, 
tenants is safety. But then I knew that three o'clock was an off hour at one of our restaurants. And you know, this restaurant, Tony's town square, where this, where there's a little outdoor seating yeah. area. Yeah. Bada bing worked with the restaurant manager, created that experience for that group and convention guests. So there's always a way to think about it. And then at the end of it, you're going to, you know, I know you're going to ask me this follow-up question. What if you can't do it? Then you're going to apologize and you're going to say, you know, I did everything in my power. And I think nine times out of 10, maybe 99.9% out of 10, a hundred people are going to say, thanks for trying. I know you did your level best. So if you do your level best, I think the the customer is going to say, I got you. I'm sorry. You know, I, I called you at this last right. minute. Usually they end up apologizing to you uh, for uh, calling you at the last minute to try to pull off a miracle. Well, and this is why it's hard to deliver service in a vacuum. You've got to do it as an entire organization, because I look at something like this and I, I think about things in terms of touch points being red dots, yellow dots, green dots. A red dot is a failure. A yellow dot is it meets expectations. A green dot is it exceeds expectations. And as an organization, if you've built up enough green dots in the lifetime of that customer, when they inevitably encounter a red dot, it's okay because they've they, they know that occasionally there's going to be a red dot, but you've delivered so many green dot experiences for them that they're willing to forgive that occasional red dot. And uh, I, I think that's why you can't try to deliver service in a vacuum. It's got to be as an entire organization. Exactly. And uh, everybody has to be on the same page. Going back to your example of uh, the leader that wasn't really focused on the guest experience and ultimately solving for yes. Um you know, that that's going to destroy you. And uh, you've got to have everybody thinking it's my responsibility every single day to come in here and take care of the guest and take care of the fan and make them happy. And uh, that's there's ways to do that and ways to in create experiences for everyone uh, that turns up uh, that level of experience that they just walk away and go. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. And that was certainly memorable. Yeah. Well, Barry, just to wrap us up here, I I, uh, I want to put our listeners into your head a little bit. Where do you get your inspiration from? Where are you learning and doing your professional development, if you will? I, I know you're doing professional development for other organizations. Um, where do you get your insight from? Are there books or courses or things that our listeners could tap into? Well, you know, I, I think when you uh, sign up to be in the hospitality business, um, you have to truly understand that everything you're doing is about, as we said earlier, um, the guest and taking care of the guest. Uh, I spend a lot of time uh, trying to be inspirational to my teams and creative with my teams to go to that next level of uh, deliverable. Um, I love reading uh, books about Walt Disney. You know, that guy never let anybody stop him from, from his dream. Uh, sometimes um, when you are leading uh, teams that are focused on this uh, type of uh, experience and deliverable, you have to be the type of leader that never gives up on 
making sure that everybody uh, understands the experience. I do a lot of reading and a lot of listening uh, to people that are in the customer service business. Um, I, I love uh, some of our uh, people that we've worked for in the past that have been mentors to me. Um, whether it was George Calagridis, uh, president of Walt Disney World, or uh, Hideo Amamiya, who is a Disney legend, who was my general manager when I was a kid at the Polynesian Hotel, um, who mm-hmm. taught me a lot about guest service. Um, I think, uh, you know, I do a lot of research every single day on who's doing what in food and beverage, uh, who's doing uh Uh, unique things in the fan space or in the guest experience space, or just in basic customer service, who's out there doing the wow. I mean, you know, Tony Shea, the famous story at Zappos, you know, when somebody Mm -hmm. did a crank call and said, Hey, you know, can you get me a pizza? They don't have anything to do with pizza, but they have their people trained. I'm here to take care of that customer. So what did that person do? You know, the guy was looking for a pizza at like two in the morning. We can't get any, we can't find anybody. This employee on the other end at their call center found four places open in Vegas and gave them the four different phone numbers and said, here, try these. And so you find these little stories of people that are creating that next level experience. And I write them down. I think about them. Um, you know, I, I recall stories from my past that I try to share uh, with individuals as I'm out there talking about customer service that are true life adventures, I like to call them, that have happened to me or happened to other people that speak to going to that next level of service. I love it. And, and Barry, you are a, a true master storyteller, if you will. Um, and, and especially stories that actually inspire action. Um, so Barry, if, if people want to reach you, uh, or follow along in your journey, um, where's the best place for them to go? I think, uh, easily is on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find Barry Jacobson, uh, there you can click on my website, uh, Barry Jacobson consulting.com. Uh, I will answer my cell phone and uh, my email is on there, but really one click on LinkedIn and you can find uh, all you want about Barry. Perfect. Well, Barry, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining another episode of Flip the Switch. Hey guys, before you head out, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. That helps more of your peers find the show as they search for ways to get better in their own roles. But this podcast is just a small part of what we do at Engagement. In our normal day in the office, we're crazy focused on helping athletic departments and sports and entertainment companies generate more revenue by becoming more customer-centric. To see how we might be able to help your organization, visit engagementpartners.com to learn more. Download a free guide, check out our blogs and case studies, or schedule a call with us if you want to see how we can help with your particular objectives. Our goal is to help you create deeper connections with fans and generate more revenue. So when you're with us, hopefully you find a nugget or two that helps your cause.